guys, welcome back to the seventh episode of Cutting the Rusty. I haven't been on for probably what the past five or six. Uh, you've missed probably the past, uh, <laughs> at least the past four. I've been MIA, so I think it's time for me to come back and kind of talk about some stuff. So yeah, for sure, we got a lot of stuff to uh, to catch up on. Uh, we promised you guys that we'd wrap up the last two tournaments that uh, Blake and I had fished, and we haven't got a chance to do that yet. Um, so I think we're going to take the opportunity uh, and go ahead and kick out two two episodes on uh, tournament recaps, give you guys an idea of what the fish are biting right now, and uh, kind of talk about going into this weekend. Uh, this weekend we're on Norris, uh, part of the Morristown Marine Trail. Um, that's going to be kicking off, uh, going after a 10 grand paycheck. So uh, we'll see how lucky we get this weekend. But uh, we're actually coming to you guys tonight in a – Pretty cool place. Uh, we're both on Moorhead's campus here. Uh, Hayden's obviously in school here, and I'm doing a rotation in West Liberty right now for pharmacy school. So we thought it'd be cool to kind of come to you guys on a little bit of a remote episode and uh, do it do it from the dorm room tonight. So, Dylan, uh, I guess we're going to set this kind of up like an interview considering you fished the tournament. I did not. That sounds good. So, first off, where was it? All right, so uh, I guess we'll just start with the first one. Mm -hmm. um, so the first stop of the Morristown Marine Trail was on Cherokee Lake. Um, we fished that. I have to whip the bait up real quick. It was what, about a month ago. It's a, uh, yeah, it's two it's two going on six yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, this weekend will make six weeks yeah. since we fished it. Um, let me double check when this was. And Cherokee is in. Huh? Oh, Tennessee. Uh, outside of Morristown there. Should have been tournament here, no tournament here. Should have been the 5th, uh, March the 5th, the weekend of the 5th. March the 5th, okay. Uh, so that was their first tournament. Start of the month. Yep, start of the month. Um, what was the uh, pay-in? How do you enter? So the pay-in, um, it's $150 a boat, um, $75 a piece, and two part people. of that is, yeah, uh, two people per boat. Uh, part of that is uh, big fish. So, uh, you enter, we just went and physically signed up, uh, Morristown's Marines are really good about having a trailer at the ramp, uh, for the start of the tournament. So you just kind of go there and sign up, uh, either like the day before or the morning of, and, uh, we did the morning of for the first one and, uh, super cool. Uh, you just go sign up, uh, all the, all the staff that works at it is, is pretty awesome. Um, so we just kind of went in, signed up, got a cool t-shirt, registered everything and, uh, Got ready to rock and roll. When did you launch? And what was the time? So we blasted off out of, uh, uh, cannot remember the, I think it was Hamblin County. It's across from 25E there. Um, so we took off from there at 7-ish, 7.30-ish, as uh, when actually we got to blast off. That was our flight time. Yeah, how did they uh, decide that? Like when, and how many boats is in it? Uh, so the first one was uh, around 240. I think maybe 242 was the was the cutoff. Um, not sure how many boats were actually on the water, but um, the launch was super cool. Uh, so essentially, what happens is is you've got like your guide boat out front, and uh, you know they've got an American flag up, so play the national anthem, and then they start calling off uh, boat numbers. So it's it's 50 boats per flight. So you know a flight time will be 15 minutes. So like seven to seven fifteen will be the first flight, and then you know boats one through fifty will launch in that flight, and then you know when your number's called, you just trickle in, 
to the line and just say, hey, you know, I'm boat. Uh, we were like a boat 172 in the first one. Um, so you got <laughs> We got a pretty late launch. Um, so we got out. You just got to have your live wheels open so they could check your live wheels, make sure, you know, you don't have any fish in there or anything like that. And then uh, you just roll by, get the okay, and then it's on from there. Blast off to where your first spot is. How far did you guys go before you got to your first spot? Uh, our first run was actually not very far at all. I mean, maybe 16th of a mile. We may have went up uh, not even a point, really. Uh, you know, out of 25E, it was on the left side there. You know, the bridge at 25E, right? Okay, so there's back in that left-hand holler there. Yeah in that corner before you go around the sharp turn there's a a uh, hamlin county marina there that you launch out of that's where we started from so we went straight down took a right and went up in the river and um kind of fished our first spot there on a little just a little flint uh, a, a little bend kind of flat that came out just clay bank um blake had done good there in practice so we decided to make that our first stop i'm surprised you got that with how far down you were well uh we there was a guy that fished it in front of us uh, that had an earlier flight, so we just kind of came in behind him and and got pretty lucky on the first spot. What'd you start out with? Bank was. Um, I started out with a crank. Um, I threw a uh, Red Crawl uh, Berkeley Square Bill. Uh, like five and a half foot diver. Um, Blake started out throwing a uh, six cents. Uh, a square bill and chartreuse with black back and we just uh started picking the flat apart you know something that runs only like five five and a half foot deep something like that so um we got back in the flat and just started kind of fan casting working our way around the bank and then what do you uh, mean by the flat? so um cherokee is a lot of rock so like the banks are pretty rocky you know you've got like your bluff walls where it'll be pretty much like vertical rock um kind of like a uh yeah kind of like how they've cut the cut the road out at like car fork when you hit that it's area like wall. yeah kind of like a high wall there's a lot of that there's a lot of like big chunk rock uh transitions but uh we decided to hit a a clay bank with a little bit of wood on it just a little um so we kind of started there um and it was a flat so what i mean by that is that you know the water's coming up shallow and it's staying a consistent depth it's not like sloping off from five to 15 foot uh, we just kind of rolled up into about five, six foot of water, kept the boat there, and just kind of fished the whole flat around the bank. So you stayed away from those high walls and rocks? Initially, yeah. Um, we didn't actually realize that that was going to be the pattern for the day. I uh, wish we would have kind of realized that earlier. You know, when you've got 242 boats fishing a lake, I mean, every piece of rock, every every piece of brush, anything like that's going to get hit. So initially, we just tried to run up and stop on a point that, uh, just a secondary point that had a flat on the backside of it. Um, so we just fished around the flat up to the secondary point, and literally as soon as we got to that secondary point, we netted our first keeper. What was the weather like that? And kind of how did that affect what you did and what your decisions were? So it was a uh, pretty much typical early spring pattern. Um, a lot of red played. Um, you know, a lot of moving baits. Uh, cranks, shallow cranks was pretty much our pattern throughout the day. Uh, threw a jerk bait a little bit. Um, early morning was good. We blasted off. It was like 40, 48, like high 40s. Um, got up into the 60s during the day, like mid 60s, like 65. So the weather was pretty good. 
Um, early morning bite was on. It really was. Um, pulled up, and as soon as we hit that point, coming off the flat, that secondary point, um, Blake landed the first keeper, and then two casts later, I landed a smallmouth that uh, kept for us. Um, so we had two keepers in the boat by not even 8.30, like 8.15. Uh, how many fish could you keep? Uh, it's five fish limit. Um, they actually allow you to keep six in the live well and then call one out on the way back. That way, if you got like a, a line burner or one that's close. So, could you keep, uh, you said the other lake was kind of different on how they let you keep smallmouth. Yeah, be, so. going into Norris this weekend, it's it's completely different on smallmouth. Um, Cherokee had a 15-inch uh, smallmouth limit, uh, and that was uh, you know, 12 inch uh, largemouth limit and the earth, I'm sorry, 15 inch largemouth smallmouth limit and a 12 inch spot limit on Cherokee. So, can you keep spots? Too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it's it's spotted bass, smallmouth, and uh, largemouth and and mean mouth if you happen to catch that. So, a mean mouth is kind of like a hybrid between a stripe or I'm sorry, a stripe, a smallmouth and a largemouth kind of. So it's got like the mouth and kind of the body shape of a large mouth, but it's got the coloration of a small mouth. So what'd you do? You talked about the morning. How'd you kind of progress throughout the day? So after we had those two keepers, I mean, we were looking at, you know, four pounds in the boat. Um, you know, each was about two pounds, give or take, maybe two and a quarter on a small mouth. So is it weight? Yeah, it's okay. by weight. Yeah, everything's by weight. So... Um, after that, we went on a dry spell. Um, I mean, it was it became a grind the rest of the day. We just tried to run around and hit stuff that we know. Uh, we tried to, you know, eliminate all our spots in the river where we'd already taken the ride out of the launch. Um, so we tried to run up river first, and just kind of pretty much I locked a crank and a in a uh, flipping bait in my hand all day, and just kind of rotated between those two. How many rods did you take to prepare? Um, we were, I, I didn't actually expect to fish this one. So I only had three rods with me. Um, I had a cranking rod, I had a flipping stick and I had a, uh, a rig rod. Um, I mean, Blake had, you know, every rod in his boat out, which was understandable because it was one of those days where you just had to junk fish to kind of figure out a pattern. So talking about how you prepare like rods and things like that, like how do you pick what to put on the rod and then how many rods do you actually take? Like will you tie a bunch of different baits on one rod and then just cycle the rods out all day or change baits so typically what i do is i like to pair my my rods for you know technique specific um so like for example you know if i'm fishing a jig i will uh, you know do a, a medium heavy at least to a heavy action rod um somewhere between seven seven and a half foot uh, i like to stay in that seven three set to seven six range when i'm flipping a jig um you know, if I'm cranking, I like something from, you know, 7 to 7.2-ish, depending on what I'm running, if I'm running shallow cranks. Um, moderate action really helps because, you know, the rod loads up pretty good. Uh, when you're dealing with trebles, it doesn't pull out of the fish's mouth as easy. And that's something that I learned. I didn't actually have a cranking rod for the first uh, thing. I just dedicated a 7-foot fast action uh, medium rod. Um, you know, fast is about the taper on the end of the rod. So it's like how the rod bends. So the less it goes like extra fast, fast, moderate, fast, moderate. And 
you know, as you progress back from fast to moderate, the rod tip, like more of the rod bends. So like on an extra fast, just the tip's going to bend. Then the whole like 80% of the rod's backbone. But on a moderate, probably, you know, 40% of that rod's going to bend and 60% of that rod's backbone. So it gives you a little bit more cushion. You don't pull the hooks out of the fish's mouth as easy. So that's, you know, what I go for for cranking. So most of my stuff was paired uh, per technique to the rod that I was using. And you were kind of limited on that because you only had the three rods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I threw a lot of Blake stuff too, you know. Um, picked up the chatter bait, the old chatter wagon, threw it around a little bit, and then threw it on like a seven-foot medium heavy, just an all-purpose rod. Um, you know, flipped the jig a little bit on that seven-six. Or actually, I think I, I think I had a seven-five uh, heavy on my G Luma setup. And then, um, you know, cranked with that fast action that tournament. And uh, it ended up hurting me a lot. That decision right there hurt us tremendously. Um, I lost one that would have went over four, maybe four and a half. Uh, would have put us with a good limit. But, uh, you know, stuff happens, and that's fishing. You learn a lot. So, I mean, it's more of a learning process, especially with your first tournament. Cause it's, I mean, it I is, yeah. I haven't seen any like, tournaments. I don't really fish the lake that much. So right. I don't know much about it. Yeah, it's, it's a big learning curve. But, you know, like anything with – with practice, you definitely get a whole lot better, and you learn the ins and outs of things. But, uh, you know, when you're fishing these pretty big tournaments, you know, when 10 grand's on the line, you're fishing against some hammers. So, you know, you really got to adjust on the fly and bring it every single week. Yeah, I mean, you get these guys that, you know, fish this lake every day, you know. Oh, like yeah. That. They'll fish in these certain lakes every day to prepare for probably this tournament. Because, I mean, it's 10 grand, 10 grand, 10 grand, and what, 50? Uh, 30 for the – 30 for the – 30 for the classic, yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at – decent amount of money there oh yeah finishing top 10 yeah average payout per tournament like through all places is like over like forty five thousand, i think yeah. each tournament and so I mean, you're gonna have these bigger guys that come in they're gonna be sponsored you know oh yeah know people that will fish the lake have been fishing the lake oh yeah that, for sure which i mean that's got to have a plus side too. yeah yeah absolutely the more time you spend on the water the better off you're gonna be i mean you know where we I'm in school, finishing up, getting ready to start uh, uh, on my last rotation right now. And then Blake's finishing up nursing school at UK, so neither one of us really have a lot of time to pre-fish. So that hurts us. Um, you know, an ideal situation, I like to go down about a week before, maybe five days, and just learn the lake, try to figure out what's going on, uh, try to get a pattern dialed in so you could really hone in and rule a lot of stuff out by the time you get to, you know, that tournament Saturday. So, you guys, after the morning bot, kind of sounds like you were just running and gunning the whole day. Not really we did, yeah. Not much of a success or plan. Yep. So, Cherokee's notorious for uh, kicking up a pretty good wind. Um, so, it was it was gassing by 11 o'clock. I mean, it was white capping. So, it was really tough to uh, fish something that wasn't protected. And, you know, at about... 11 30 or 12 uh you know blake and i just sat down in the boat and we we're like okay you know the paddle we're running is not working though we're not we're not catching them off rock we're not catching them flipping like we need to go figure something out so we made the decision to uh kind of fish what everybody else wasn't fishing at the time and it, it paid off for us pretty good um we got on you know clay flats again but this time with no cover at all, just strictly clay flats. Um, you know, in the early spring, those flats heat up a lot quicker because they're a lot shallower. So we got on that. Um, I switched over to a DT6 from uh, Rapala 
Um, it was in blueback herring and just kind of chucked that and, and just let it grind against the bottom. And I mean, by in making that switch, you know, having two bites all morning for, you know, from 7.30 to 11, switching over to that DT6 and just changing areas, I picked up, you know, lost the four and a half pounder um, and then caught a, caught probably a five pound hybrid, <laughs> had to put it back and then uh, was able to land another smallmouth by the end of the day too. That's so. going to be heartbreaking to catch the hybrid. It was. It, it felt so good because, like, typically you know, though, uh, when you hook a hybrid because they'll run for deeper water. Yeah. So I was off the right side of the boat, and immediately when I hooked it, it took for deep water off the left side. So I had a, I had a feeling of what it was, but I, it does. It does. I mean, you know, there's always that hope that, you know, that five-pound fish on the end of your line is going to really change things for you. So, you know, if that would have been a, a large mouth and I would have landed what we had – and then caught that that uh the smallmouth that we landed then we would have had a pretty good bag but you know that's that's how things go i mean mistakes happen stuff happens you know you can't control that um outside of you know changing equipment over to that moderate taper rod from my cranking rod now um you know that paid out dividends for us on south host and that helped us a whole lot but um yeah i mean Outside of that, you know, picking up those those last two or three bites, that was that was pretty much it. The rest of the day just kind of died down. Um, you know, we initially had plans to go offshore instead of fishing shallow. Um, pretty sure the tournament was one offshore in about 20, 25 foot of water. <clears throat> you know, it's just hard to graph and use live scope and, you know, forward-facing sonar when, you know, you got white caps going on. You can't hardly hold the boat, so... So when did you guys come in to the end? Um, I think we were due in at 3.45, I believe. Uh, so we got back and made the decision not to weigh in because we didn't think we were going to be fishing more tournaments. Um, a stupid decision. You should always weigh in because you never know. Um, but, yeah, uh, had a little over six pounds. I think we had 621 uh, on our scales and uh, – I mean, pretty good day. Um, those fish are posted on my Instagram. At least the two smallmouth are. Um, you know, wished it would have went a little bit different with that four and a half, but what point? Uh, twenty-one. Oh no, I'm sorry, twenty. I lied. Hang on, let me look it up. Around twenty-five. I think I think Majny won with uh, nineteen sixty-four. That's what. That's what. Was there wanted. anybody close to him or? Um, I think there was a guy in the, the upper 18s in second. Um, How much did, does second pay out? I don't know off the top of my head. I, I think somewhere in like the maybe the two, three grand range, somewhere in there. Yeah, line. it's oh, it's yeah. good payout for second. That The guy that won, uh, Majny there, hit a couple bonuses because he was fishing out of a Skeeter and he used hummingbirds and had the insurance. So he, he walked away with a pretty good payday. And we're talking like – I think he totaled over 20 grand in bonuses and then uh, picked up big fish check as well. Dude caught a, caught a 680 something. That's, that is an absolute stud for Cherokee. I mean, you bust a fish over five, you've really done something, but you get one that's pushing seven pounds. I mean, that's, it's ridiculous. It's on Morristown Marines page. I mean, you should see it. It's an absolute brute. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure your head would fit in its mouth, but, uh, so yeah, there the was. Next tournament. Where'd you fish next, Morris? 
Um, the next one was South Houston. South Houston and yep. Norris is this weekend. And Norris is this upcoming weekend. Yep. Right. Well, I believe that's about it for the Cherokee tournament. Uh, that's that's pretty much it for the wrap up on Cherokee. I mean, um, you know, decent little starting tournament. Uh, my first big tournament, Blake's first big tournament outside of you know fishing college. Um, we didn't do too bad. We just you know got to figure, got to keep figuring it out. Uh, we definitely improved on our second tournament. Uh, we'll we'll save that for the next that. episode for sure. But um, all right, guys. Well. Been another episode of Cutting Rusty. If you like us, leave us a like, give us a review. Yeah, share us on Facebook. Um, we're gonna post, you know, the Spotify link as well as the anchor link in the uh, in our Facebook post. Um, so yeah, if you guys if you guys enjoy this or, or want to support us, you know, the best thing you can do is share it. Uh, the more views we can get, the better. And uh, if you want to hear us talk about a certain subject or come on the podcast. Yeah, Just let us know. Absolutely, uh, we're always you know happy to take guests and happy to uh, uh, take suggestions for stuff to talk about on the podcast as well. Um, that's a good point. You know, uh, we should we should maybe put out a poll for for people, kind of vote on what they or leave us a little comment on what they want to hear about. Uh, you know, the next upcoming weeks, I think it's what three weeks ish until turkey season. The sixteenth mm-hmm. is opening weekend. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes uh hopefully you know successful turkey season but uh yeah i mean if you guys want to hear anything or or, uh you know like us and give us a share drop a comment you know um we'll we'll pop a facebook post out for you guys and uh let you guys kick out you know what you want to hear from us and uh we'll just go from there so again guys you know thank you for tuning in thanks for listening and uh we'll catch you on the next episode